I wanted to take the time here for just a minute. I met some great guys in Las Vegas a little over a week ago. They invited me on their podcast, How Winners Win. And if you guys haven't listened to any of those podcasts, I highly encourage you to do so. He only invites people on his shows that have won and that are entrepreneurs, either already winning or continuing to win. And he interviewed me for about an hour. His name is Daniel Blue, like the color blue. I encourage you to look him up on social media, Facebook, give him some love, some likes. He does a really good job. What he does for a living is, I was surprised, is he does a thing called solo 401ks and he helps people move money that are penalty and tax-free. And just a little short story on what he told me is he helped a lady that was older, had retired from work and had a significant amount of credit card debt. And he was able to access her 401k penalty and tax free, where she was able to pay off high interest card debt. And then she actually borrowed from herself to do that. And this lady was living basically on her social security from check to check. And she was able to free up six to $800 a month by accessing money that she saved her entire life to pay off high interest card debt. So if you know anybody who's in that market or would like to have a chat with Daniel Blue, you can reach him on Instagram, Facebook, I think on Twitter as well. But I'll have his stuff and contact at the end of this in the notes that you can reach out to him. Not only that, but I did a podcast for about an hour with him. I encourage y'all to go and listen to that, get some insight, some inspiration, and help people grow in this life and the life to come. My name is Ty Brady, the owner of Brady Insurance Marketing and the Ty Brady Way. Welcome back to another episode of the Ty Brady Way, episode 72. Welcome back to another episode of the Ty Brady Way. I have these two wonderful ladies here helping me out. I'm glad they just tell me what to do and, you know, we figure it out as we go here. But for the longest time, I've been really reluctant to tell people my story and kind of how I grew up. And I I think I did it out of just, it wasn't me, not wanting to share. But I've been to a few seminars and talked to a few great people. And they said, you know what, people need to hear your story. And... There's somebody out there that needs to hear it. You can relate to people and change their life for the good. And that's what this is all about is changing people's lives for the better. So a little bit about me is I pretty much grew up in two houses growing up. Um, The one I moved to when I was about two years old. But I was born a large family of eight sisters and two brothers. I end up being third of the youngest. There's a, I have a little sister and a little brother below me. But above me, I had seven sisters. And imagine a large family. My dad was the hardest working man I ever, I've ever known. I mean, he was working sun up to sundown, did not know how to stop working. But one thing that I remember growing up as a kid is I, I would never lived without. I mean, I always had a roof over my head and I always had food in my belly. And if it was anything extra, my mom would encourage us to work and how to work. Well, that's a little bit about or who I am and just my dad. But growing up, I, I was born three pounds, four ounces. So I was born premature. And you do the traditional things that you go to elementary school. And, you know, one of the things I remember in elementary school is my mom used to always say, you got to stay busy. You got to stay active. One of the first memories I remember of, of being in elementary school is my mom went to the principal, or at least I think she went to the principal, she said. And you know how kindergarten was only half days. And she's like, well, I talked to the principal and the principal said you could go in the morning and in the afternoon. And I don't know if that was because my mom thought I was smart or my mom wanted a full-time babysitter. I don't know to this day. Sometimes I questioned her motives. But what I remember, though, is showing up that first day and 
I go to the teacher and I said, I'm here for class. And she's like, well, you're not here till the afternoon. And I'm like, well, my mom said I'm supposed to be here in the morning. And then I went to the principal's office and I got in this washing machine cycle and the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing. But I remember sitting in the playground waiting for my mom to pick me up because that happened quite a bit with eight sisters and two brothers. You know, my mom was always, if I don't, if I'm not there, just wait. And, you know, hour, two hours later, she'd show up eventually to pick us up or, you know, I ended up walking home or whatever. But what I remember from that is things are never what they seem. And you know, my mom had this vision that I was going to go to school to learn the first class and second class or what do they call it now. And my mom had this vision, so supposedly with the principal, and then the teacher, there was a disconnect. So the long story short is I think I ended up spending two hours on the playground that day. And then my mom came to pick me up in the afternoon. I said, Mom, they're not going to let me go to class both times. And she says, huh, that's interesting. I'll have to talk to the principal. And, you know, nothing nothing after that was said other than I think what happened is, is things are never what they seem and understand the vision my mom had. And in life, we have vision, right? I think growing up as a kid, I really didn't want to know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I mean, people say, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a doctor. I want to be an attorney. You know, they want those jobs that are seem to have an elaborate lifestyle or a luxury lifestyle. And I I just kept going through the motions. For me, I was like, you know, I just got to get through school. School is not something that I enjoyed. In fact, I wanted to get out of school so bad because my parents, even though I had a roof over my head, food in my belly, there wasn't stuff for extracurricular activity and to do what I wanted to do, like play video games or what all my other friends were doing or travel the world or whatever it was. I mean, at a young age, I started working at eight years old, nine years old. I remember helping my mom. My mom ran a reception center where people would get married. And I remember at a young, young age, just being a server. I'd be out there serving people or cleaning up tables that were getting married or my mom would have a, a small event where it was a swap meet and we'd be there for the weekend cleaning. So there was most of my weekends were tied up helping my mom or my dad in whatever ventures. My dad did construction on the side, building anything and everything he could to make a living. My mom ran an event center. If it wasn't an event center, then my mom was doing some retail booth. My mom always had something on the side, hustle, trying to make money. And I was always there. Us kids were always helping her navigate whatever that venture was but what that taught me is that that they had a vision and their vision was to raise their kids and and then I had to come up with my own vision on what I wanted to be when I grew up and it wasn't until probably middle school where I realized hey I just need to get out of school I need to get out of school I need to be done I didn't unfortunately school has politics some people will agree or disagree but I remember registering for summer classes at the college and they're like well if you want this degree now you got to take this class this class and this class or this credit doesn't count for this if you want to do this you got to do this and so long story short is after I decided I wanted to graduate from high school early which I did as a junior and then get my bachelor's or my associate's degree quick so I could go out in the workforce and make some money I had that vision that and that was my early on my vision I had is I just needed to graduate. And then after that, I graduated with my bachelor's degree in applied science. It was kind of like, you know, what am I going to do now? And knowing that I had set some goals when I was younger, when I was a boy, I was like, you know, if I could just make $100,000 a year, I'd be happy. You know, that that's saying if I could just make $100,000 a year, I could do that and I'd be set. Or if I could just do this, $100,000 today does not equate to 
today's lifestyle. I mean, it's it's a lot of people make $100,000 a year and they're barely getting by, right? So, but I remember young age, that's what I said. I, I got to get through to work. I got to get a college degree because I'm trying to find my path. My dad graduated from college. My mom didn't graduate. My mom grew away. My mom was a school of hard knocks. She never worked, you know, a, a, a steady job, but she worked a lot of little jobs. But with the jobs that paid the bills from, like I said, the event center, boutiques, making cakes. I think for a time, my parents owned uh, a um, craft store, but they did a little bit of everything. But my mom was always, always, always hustling. And so if you take that first 17 years of my life, and what did I learn? I learned that you had to have vision, right? I learned that you had to have heart and determination. You had to persevere. And I mean, some people like my buddy down the street, as an example, I don't, I don't think he worked a day in his life. He's an airplane pilot now. He was the youngest of three kids. I mean, I would always look up to him like, if I could only have what he had. I mean, Christmas, you'd go to his house and he'd have all the gifts under the tree, have two or three. But I just kept thinking, you know, as you go through life, you have to find that vision and what do you want? And you got to strive for that. But you sometimes you make those early in life. I mean, I made the decision I was going to graduate from high school early, I think when I was in middle school or before middle school. And my drive was because I did not like school. So what was the impact of that as I graduated and I was in the workplace and then all of a sudden I'm done with that. Now what's next? But it all starts with thought. What are you thinking about when you lay down your head at night or what five things do you write down on a board? First, it starts with a vision or thoughts, vision and action is what, I, is what I'm trying to get at is you have to have the thought first, then you have to vision and then you have to have action. And you don't have to believe everything you think. I, I remember graduating early. That's what I focused on. That's what I, my laser focus was. Uh, you know, as I have seven older sisters, people are like, well, how did you live with that? And I said, you know what? I just, I had a basement. Me and my little brother, that's where we lived. So I didn't fight for a bathroom. My dad finished a bathroom in the basement for us that was great. It's all I needed, place to go to the bathroom. And uh, no finished walls in the basement, big old open space. But with that, when things got rough or I didn't want to deal with my sisters, I would just go downstairs. I, that's probably why, you know, it's hard for me to share my stories because it wasn't always roses. But, you know, my parents did the best they could given the circumstances. And from that, I want to do bigger and better things and then help people do the same. So as you look at vision, as you think about, you know, what do you want? Is it $100,000 a year? Is it the house on the beach? Is it the car? Is it the wife, the family? Start there. Start with those thoughts and then create that vision in your mind, in your heart, and in your soul. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that with that vision that you will create action. And that action is what equates to your reward because the action gives you results. I'll probably sh end up sharing more things in the next, you know, 10 years, the next decade. One other story I can share growing up as a kid is uh, I was probably the kid that was picked on. You know, I was the kid that everyone made fun of. I was the kid that didn't have the expensive clothes, the kid, but you know what? It never seemed to really bother me because I didn't care. I mean, I knew where I was going. I knew what I was doing. And a lot of times I would just laugh. Um, I had an old friend hit me up on Facebook and he says, hey, do you remember me? And I'm, keep in mind, I haven't been on Facebook very long, about two years now, and I stayed away from it. But he says, hey, do you remember so-and-so? I said, yeah, I remember so-and-so. And he says, do you remember that I told him to tell you to leave you alone? And I said, yeah. And 
the, 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 what ended up happening is I was getting picked on. This kid just would not let me go. He just kept egging me on and egging me on and egging me on and egging me on. And my mom said, you know, don't ever start the fight, but finish it, right? And one day this kid just, I had had enough. He started pushing me and man, I just let him have it. And uh, this other, so it was three of us. Uh, we were both friends with the same kid. And for whatever reason, this kid just did not like me. He had some vendetta against me. Thought he was bigger, stronger, faster. Maybe he was getting picked on at home. I don't know. But it just brought back a lot of memories from, uh, I was junior high that happened where I got in a fight. And I, from that point forward, I don't think I ever got picked on in school again. But that kid that he's like, you know what? I always liked you both. And I told this kid to leave you alone. He never would. But all I can tell you is you did, you know, no, no one ever picked on you again, did they? And I said, no, no one ever did. But don't start the fight, but always finish it. Thoughts, do not believe everything you think. Like I said, I think I, I was picked on when I was a kid, which is fine. I didn't have a problem with it. I think it helped me to who I am today. It made me a little bit hard, I think. Probably gave me some grit and determination and a little bit of resistance. But thoughts leads to your vision, and vision leads to action. And if you can employ, if you can establish the thoughts, vision, and action, you'll be great in whatever you want to do. Start now um, thinking about you know, what do I want? And you don't have to believe everything you think. And, you know, if you want to be a restaurant owner, start there. You know, what's it going to take? Do you really want it? Do you enjoy it? Are you passionate about it? And then have the vision. See it in your head. See the building. See who's coming in. What kind of food you're going to cook. All of the things that it, it takes. Talk to people that are in the industry. And then take the action. You know, talk to, you know, there's plenty of companies out there and people out there that do what are called kickstart their money you have access to money to open restaurants but their people are they're gonna invest in you they're gonna believe in you but you have to have the thought the vision and the action I always appreciate you guys tuning in and listening please subscribe show us some love go give us some comments in the in the bottom uh, connect with friends family loved ones we're going to keep bringing it each and every day when we do these. Remember the story's for you, it's not for me. And uh, hopefully we can make an impact, give some good knowledge, and people can see the vision. Thank you. Have a great day. You can find the Ty Brady Way on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. To contact us, please email thetybradyway at gmail.com. The Ty Brady Way was edited and produced by Marlo Belmano. The theme music is an excerpt from Hot Chicken of the Woods by Isaac Joel.